Hello, Cryptonauts. Today is October 13th, 2020. On today's episode of Cryptocurrency Chat, we're going to talk about the top 10 daily stats as well as your crypto news of the day. I'm your host, Blockchain John. Alright, Cryptonauts, first reminder, we do have a Discord channel available for Cryptocurrency Chat in which I will leave a link in the description below. If you want to collaborate on my podcast, you can reach out to me through that Discord app or through the Anchor app. With that said, let's get started with your top 10 daily stats. Starting off with Bitcoin, settling at $11,392.34 with a 0.3% gain. Second place, Ethereum, settling at $369.05 with a 0.3% gain. Third place, USDT Tether, settling at $1 with a no gain, no loss. Fourth place, XRP Ripple, settling at $0.24 with a 0.1% gain. Fifth place, Bitcoin Cash, settling at $247.30 with a 1.4% loss. Sixth place, Binance Coin, settling at $30.52 with a 0.9% gain. Seventh place, Chainlink, settling at $10.73 with a 0.6% gain. Eighth place, Polkadot, settling at $4.06 with a 3% gain. Ninth place, Cardano, settling at $0.10 with a 0.4% loss. Tenth place, Litecoin, settling at $47.16 with a 0.6% loss. Alright, CryptoNuts, that is your top 10 daily stats. Your overall total market cap is at $362.4 billion, up by 0.4%. Alright, I think that was the first time I did it without messing up. Alright, let's get started with your crypto news of the day. This is going to be a good day. Alright, Cryptonauts, next reminder, we are using Decrypt.co to get our daily news as well as CoinGecko.com to get our daily stats. Make sure you collect your daily candies. With that said, first news coming in from Matt Husey. Apple and Amazon events buoy markets as Bitcoin surges past $11,000. The week's off to a good start as stocks close at a six-week high. Investors are bullish on the prospects of quarterly earnings report from tech giants Apple and Amazon. Nasdaq rose more than 2%, led by Amazon, whose shares jumped by 4.5% in anticipation of the company's annual Prime Day event, which typically brings an influx of online shoppers eager to snap up promotions. Apple saw its shares gain more than 6% as market watchers give the tech company a bullish bill of health ahead of its iPhone 12 launch event today. Elsewhere, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin are expected to continue talks about a stimulus deal, but markets are waiting them out till after the election, but other companies aren't feeling so cheery about earnings season. Companies are expected to report a steep decline in profits as COVID continues to bite, says a spokesperson from AAX, the world's first digital asset exchange powered by the London Stock Exchange. Economists are expected to drop as high as 20% over the last year, according to facts set data. Wow. That's... That last part there, 20%. That's, that's bad. 20% drop overall. That's real bad. Next news, written by Sharyuwa Malwa. Bomb threats in Japan prefectures demand in Bitcoin ransom. An unknown individual has threatened to place bombs in the schools and churches of 18 Japanese uh, pre- prefectures until a Bitcoin ransom is paid out. As per the report by local news outlet Japan Today, the email first started back in July and have continued ever since, with the perpetrators still at large despite police efforts. 
One such instance saw the email thread demanding 40 BTC valued at over $450,000 at current prices to the town of Yamagata in northern Japan. Meanwhile, on the Japanese island of Miyakojima, the bomb threats were sent to elementary and junior high schools and the city hall. Such targets show a pattern. Our report mails have gone out to small Japanese towns and rural areas like Sanjo, Nigati, Tara, and Minami, ahead of big cities like Tokyo or Osaka. That has in turn led authorities to question the emailer's motives, that of the criminals trying to extort Bitcoin from municipal facilities in rural Japan where the digital currency isn't unlikely to be widely used or ever known. Ashi City Hall was also threatened for Bitcoin, but they don't have any Bitcoin in the first place, said one local observer the report noted. So far, no actual bombings have ever taken place, but the emails keep coming. Well, that's actually, that's bad. That's real bad. I mean, you got to be real desperate to ask for that much in, in, in an area, in a rural area that doesn't even know what Bitcoin is, you know. It's bad. Next news, written by Sharyuwa Malwa. DC comic artist to release Batman NFT in art collab. Wow. Look at that. That is amazing. Is that the NFT image? That is so cool. That's I like Batman. I'm a big Batman fanatic. So that's pretty cool. A high-profile collaboration between DC, DC comic artist Jose Delbo and crypto artist Trevor Jones will see the launch of previously unseen crypto art later this week. The collab comes as a frenzy for collecting non-fungible tokens. Art catches on the broader cryptocurrency market, with investors picking up NFTs for tens of thousands of dollars. Delbo is famous for his work on Wonder Woman for international comics brand DC Comics and on other Transformers series for Marvel Comics, among other artworks, and he expects digital arts to pick up in a big way in the coming years. Delbo told Decrypt, More and more, it feels like the future is digital, and while I believe there will always be a sure place for physical art, I have really been enjoying creating digital art for this space. The Thursday release will feature Batman, one of the world's most popular fictional characters portrayed in multiple ways. The collaboration consists of four artwork in total, two animations, and two illustration paintings, and will be sold on crypto art website Maker's Place. NFTs will allow a digital asset to be re represented with a single token on the blockchain. They aren't divisible unlike cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, and hence provide a mark of verifiable ownership and scarcity for holders. That is so cool. So, so cool. Next news, written by Scott Cipollina. Crypto company Ternio joins Visa Fast Track program. Ternio, what is that? Ternio. Ternio, a company that provides real-world application uses for blockchain technology, is becoming a Visa Fast Track enabled partner. Torino sees the move as a step towards the ultimate goal of mass crypto adoption. Before Torino, other crypto companies joined the Visa Fast Track program, Fold, which builds mainstream on-ramps for mass Bitcoin adoption, joined the Visa program in April of this year. In addition, Cred, a digital asset lending and borrowing platform, joined the Visa program this September. Now, Torino's arrival tries to partner with cryptocurrency space with one of the most well-known financial tools in the world. Quote, Everyone knows what Visa Card is. This removes some of the scariness of digital currency as it enables customers to work with financial tools they already understand and use on a daily basis. Ian Kane, COO and founder of Terrenio, told Decrypt. Yes, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So, ah, that's, that's pretty cool. Next news, written by Daniel Phillips. 
Binance Coin BNB price heads towards yearly high. The price of Binance Coin is now back above the $30 mark after gaining 3.7% in the last 24 hours to reach $31.17. The coin is currently the best performed cryptocurrency in the top 5 by market capitalization and is closing on its yearly high of $33.49, achieving in mid-September. Overall, Binance Coin has been on an uptrend for more than 2 weeks and is up by 15.9% in the last fortnight and 8.8% in the last week, helping to cement its position as the 5th largest cryptocurrency by market cap, having leapfrogged Bitcoin Cash last month. Binance Coin has also put on a strong performance against Bitcoin in the last two days, having climbed from 0.00247 BTC up to a peak of 00, no, 0.00276 in the last two days. BNB is now hovering at 0.00272 BTC, an improvement of more than 10% in two days. Alright, next news. Written by Liam Frost. Ripple CTO reveals he made a $15.5 million mistake. What? No, come on. David Schwartz, Chief Technology Officer at Ripple, revealed on Sunday he sold 40,000 Ethereum for just $1 per token in the past. Well, that's that's actually pretty bad. <laughs> that's pretty bad, yeah. A crypto cash that would be worth roughly $15.4 million today. At Ethereum's peak price, that would have been worth $53.6 million. Schwartz explained that this is the decision that this decision was part of a de-risking plan he discussed with his wife at the time, adding that he also sold undisclosed amounts of Bitcoin and Ripple's XRP for $750.01 per coin, respectively. Ouch! Boom! Oh, man, that hurts. I, I know the feeling, though. I know the feeling. I've done I did my first share of, of buying and selling, and, and yeah, there's some of those coins that I wish I held on a lot longer. But it is what it is, you know? Uh, this actually puts a smile on my face because I know exactly how Schwartz is feeling. Quote, on the de-risking, I'm a risk-adverse person who's who with people who depend on me financially and emotionally. Fate caused me to put a lot of eggs in one basket, Schwartz replied, adding, my job, my reputation, Ripple stock, XRP, and so on. I like that basket, but the risk is very high in the entire cryptocurrency space. I'm just too rational to pretend otherwise and suggest others to do the same. Source is far from the only person who sold their crypto for cheap in the past. Perhaps the most well-known example is Laszlo Hengix, a programmer from Florida who also contributed to Bitcoin's source code. In May 2010, he paid 10,000 BTC worth around $115 million today for two Papa John's pizza. <laughs> While such deals could warrant therapy sessions with a psychologist for many crypto enthusiasts today, 10 years ago it arguably paved the way for Bitcoin to be used as an actual currency, and the rest, as Bitcoin developers Jameson Lopped put it, is history. Yeah, yeah, you know, I was looking at uh, at one of my transactions, I went up to San Francisco, um, I don't know what year it was, it was early on when I first started uh, getting into Bitcoin. And I wanted to use a Bitcoin ATM machine. I really wanted to. I was getting into Bitcoin, so I said, I'm going to drive all the way up to San Francisco and uh, check out this Bitcoin ATM. Because I think at the time, that was the only Bitcoin ATM in California or in the northern part of California. I think there was a couple more in, uh, uh, down south. But uh, I went up to San Francisco and used Bitcoin ATM and uh, made, made uh, you know, I, I bought Bitcoin. But at the same time, there was a little, small little uh, a gift shop of, of Bitcoin items. You know, so I said, you know what? I, I want to make my first transaction as well. You know, so I said, you know, I told I told the uh, the store owner, you know what? I want to I want to try this out. I want to see how it works. I want to see how blockchain works. Okay, so I want to buy one of these things. So I bought me a Bitcoin logo keychain. 
for like three dollars three or five dollars now it's worth way way more than that you know the amount of bitcoin i've spent on it oh man but you know it's it's all part of the experience i i really wanted to know how how it all works so and I, i'm not i'm not disappointed about that particularly i'm more disappointed that i i had weak hands early on on some of the uh, uh cryptocurrencies that that i bought on so like for example ethereum i bought out shoot i bought ethereum early early on i mean when I read the right paper, Ethereum wasn't even out. There was nothing there. There was no tokens available. That's how early on I knew about Ethereum. You know, so I wanted to get into that as soon as possible. Because when I read, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, shoot, I forgot his name. The creator of Ethereum, uh, Vitalik, Vitalik Buterin. When, uh, when he put out his white paper for uh, Ethereum, I was amazed. Uh, the Ethereum virtual machine, the EVM, right? I wanted to get into that. It made absolute sense. That's something that Bitcoin wasn't going to achieve anytime soon. So for Ethereum to come out, I said, yes, I want to get in that as soon as possible. But of course, I sold it really, really soon thereafter. Uh, I made profit, but if I held on to it a couple more years, I would have done a lot better. Next news written by Scott Cipollino. Bitcoin owners in Spain to disclose assets under pro proposed bill. The Spanish government announced today that it is preparing a bill that will force holders of cryptocurrencies to dis disclose their holdings, as well as any gains made via crypto assets according to Reuters. The new rules are part of a wider government strategy to crack down on tax defraud, according to government spokesperson Maria Jesus Montero. In June of this year, the Spanish government began working on amending the, co the country's anti-money laundering and terrorist financial laws in order to become compliant with the EU's fifth anti-money laundering directive. These regulations mandate the crypto exchange exchanges were made to be registered with a country's regu regulatory authority. In addition, crypto exchanges were to demonstrate regulatory compliance KYC procedures. Today, the annou uh, today's announcement also follows a move to send 350 Bitcoin to members of the Spanish Congress and dep of deputies. All 350 members were each reportedly sent Bitcoin worth one euro as part of an initiative to promote understanding of Bitcoin and crypto, which, if the new bill passes, they will need to disclose. Wow. That is, that's something. That is something. Next news, written by Andrew Hayward. A cash app for Canada. Bitcoin app ShakePay adds P2P payment. Let's see here. ShakePay, a regulated mobile app that lets Canadian customers purchase Bitcoin and Ethereum, announced today that it has publicly launched a peer-to-peer -peer payment feature within the iOS and Android app. While Americans have mobile apps like Venmo and Cash App for rapid mobile payments, they do not work in Canada. The country has an inter Interact e-transfer payment system via banks and other financial institutions that is widely used for paying bills and rent. But unlike that system, ShakePay's platform requires only a username or phone number. As such, the company claims that it is Canada's first peer-to-peer -peer payment system. Quote, It's time that we bring payments to the 21st century in Canada, said CEO Jean Amuni in a release right now it's a hassle to do something as simple as paying back a friend for dinner with ShakePay sending cash to a friend is as easy as sending a text ShakePay launched more than two years ago and has amassed more than 100,000 users to date via its Bitcoin and Ethereum buying service the peer-to-peer -peer payments features has been available in beta testing in recent months with more than two million dollars in Canadian dollars sent and received to date awesome 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 Next news written by Scott Chaplina. Crypto industry gets its own dedicated newswire. 
Blockchain public relations company Market Across has announced the launch of Chainwire, an automated press release distributed service. Chainwire will provide coverage and distribution of press releases in the cryptocurrency and blockchain sector. Most industries have a newswire service, but the cryptocurrency space has yet to get up to speed. As the industry expands rapidly with the new innovations in DeFi and dozens of new coins, the demand for aggregated newswire has grown. Now Market Across is trying to meet this demand and, hopping, and hoping to increase the industry's engagement around the world. Quote, with the maturity we are seeing in the blockchain and crypto markets, more and more companies want to be able to communicate to these audience in a direct way. Itai Elazur, COO of Market Across, told Decrypt. As more and more traditional media outlets become cryptoseptic, we also see the opposite trend of further development of rich and diverse blockchain media. Alright, sounds good to me. Next news, written by Liam Frost. Bitcoin-themed cruise ship to settle down in Panama Gulf. Pacific Dawn, a ship that previously belonged to PNO Australia, the Aussie arm of British armed cruise line PNO Cruises, is about to begin a new life as Satoshi. It will host a cryptocurrency themed floating community off the coast of Panama, the Maritime Executive reported on October 9th. Pacific Dawn was renamed after the enigmatic Bitcoin creator Satoshi Nakamoto by its new owner, a company called Ocean Builders that specializes in developing floating off-grid sea pod homes. It's, it's COO and key investor Chad Elwartowski is an American software engineer and Bitcoin trader driven by the dream of creating permanent housing at sea, unconstrained by any government. Quote, we look forward to creating a hub for technology and innovation here in Panama. Our goal is to figure out how to live sustainable, sustainably on the sea and chart new waters in this new frontier, Elwartowski told the outlet. In 2019, with his girlfriend, he built a floating house off the coast of Thailand, funding it with Bitcoin. Unfortunately, local authorities confiscated the vessel just a few months later for deteriorating Thailand's independence, for which Elwartowski's couldn't uh, could have even faced the death penalty. Wow. After Satoshi, also referred to as the crypto cruise ship, drops anchor in the Gulf of Panama on November 4th, Ocean Builders plan to turn it into a much bigger version of Elwart. Elwar Tosky's previous housing project, a full-fledged con condominium ship equipped with cabins, restaurants, bars, lounges, casinos, as well as fitness centers. Naturally, the ship's residents will be able to pay for every service on board with Bitcoin. Man, I gotta applaud that because that is amazing. Yes, it's finally happening. <laughs> Look at that. Finally happened. I can finally take a cruise with Bitcoin. Jump on the Satoshi. Awesome. <laughs> Next news, written by Scott Cipollina. A blue cartoon shield Wi-Fi made $1 million and vanished. What? That looks like Kirby. The blue Kirby Twitter account, a briefly popular member of the Ethereum community, has vanished after pulling a $1 million from Wi-Fi token and other decentralized finance enterprises. As documented by Anthony Sassano, co-founder of ETHHub, in his newsletter, Blue Kirby went from zero to hero in just a few months, building up a su substantial Twitter following. His rise to prominence came on the back of a DeFi token that skyrocketed in value. And yet, after a mishap that lost a bunch of people millions of dollars in the token, the tide of popularity turned against him and he promptly disappeared. <sighs> Man, that's, that's all bad. That's all bad. Next news written by Liam Frost. NYDIG custodians 
over $1 million in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. New York Digital Investment Group, a crypto-focused subsidiary of Stone Ridge, revealed today that it currently custodies custodies around $114 million in Bitcoin for its parent company, according to an announcement. Stone Ridge decided to purchase the 10,000 Bitcoin as part of its Treasury Reserve strategy. It chose to custody these funds with its own spin-off company, DY, uh, correction, NYDIG, which has now come out of stealth mode. We started NYDIG in 2017 because Bitcoin is an accelerant to the Stone Ridge mission of financial security for all. I view Bitcoin as a broader agnostic uniting force for good. Bitcoin can propel global citizens that opt in towards a brighter and fairer financial future, said Ross Stevens, founder of Stone Ridge and executive chairman of NYDIG, adding that the 10,000 BTC are the principal component of our treasury. Ah, okay, okay. Right, next news. Written by Scott Chaplina. MicroStrategy CEO on Square's Extraordinary Bitcoin Investment. Michael Saylor, CEO of business intelligence firm MicroStrategy, described payment company Square's $50 million Bitcoin investment as an extraordinary piece of news on the What Bitcoin Did podcast today. Between August 11th and September 14th, MicroStrategy invested $425 million in Bitcoin. Then approximately three weeks later, on October 8th, 2020, Square followed suit with a smaller investment. Now MicroStrategy's CEO has weighed in on the latest Bitcoin bet. (laughs) Square didn't make this investment for financial reasons, according to Taylor. They don't need the money. They've got more money than God. Instead, their investments is somewhat of a political or ethical statement, Saylor mentioned in an interview, that there are 932 million people in 22 countries with collapsing currencies and described Bitcoin as a lifeboat for these individuals. In turn, Square wrapped that entire move with the agenda of make the world a better place. Who wants to stand against that? Saylor asked. All right. Well, next news. Written by Shayua, no, Shuao Kong. The unholy mix of porn and yield farming. Meet swag.finance. Hmm. Liquidity mining meets the porn industry. Welcome to the future, baby. On Thursday, blockchain protocol swag.finance plans to turn swag.live, an Asia focused porn site, into a truly decentralized community complete with its own DAO, governance token, and yield farming. Swag appears to be based in Taiwan and claims to be the largest adult chat site in Asia. It has some 4 million users and tens of thousands of content providers. On October 15th, the platform will launch its native governance token, Swag. A total of 625 million governance tokens will be issued, of which 25 million will be used for its DAO, and 60 million will be distributed to community and influencers. The rest will be distributed to the public through two events, a first swap event and a subsequent swap events. All right. Mm. All right, next news. Written by Robert Stevens. Negative interest rates are coming. Here's what it means for your money. The Bank of England yesterday sent a letter to the nation's bank asking them if they were ready for negative interest rates. The Bank of England Monetary's Policy Committee wants to get a feel for how negative interest rates would hit the British economy, which has been hit hard by the coronavirus pandemic. The central bank's governor, Andrew Bailey, said yesterday that the economy could take longer to recover 
from the pandemic than expected. The letter sought information to understand firms' operational readiness and challenges with potential implementations, particularly in terms of technology capabilities. The committee, the committee will decide whether to adjust the interest rates on November 5th. But what would this mean for your money in practice? A negative interest means that the central banks would charge financial institutions to store money. Since it would cost money for banks to hold cash reserves, they would encourage their customers to not hold money with them. That would incentivize increased spending and risk behavior, both bids to get the economy going again. So would banks, in an attempt to foist the cost onto their customers, start charging for deposits as, it, as occurs in some Scandinavian countries that introduce negative interest rates. The tea leaves appears differently for those we asked. Quote, if we, I don't think it will get to a point where banks charge customers, but it will certainly push savers away from holding cash to look for other yield opportunities, Simon Peters, a market analyst at social trading site eToro told Decrypt. Peters imagined that loan and mortgage would be cheaper if banks lend out their money. Meanwhile, Yuval Reisman, CEO and co-founder of YRD Capital, a crypto hedge fund, told us that he's uncertain whether the banks will follow through with their plans. If so, it would be another blow for the customers as interest rates are extremely low at the moment. That's actually really scary. Negative interest rates. I mean, basically what they're telling you is take your money out of the banks, stash it away, or invest it into crypto. All right, put it put it in Bitcoin, put it in whatever, whatever um, coins you want to put in it. Just get it out of the banks because, you know, um, you're not going to earn anything, first of all. Second, there's a po possibility you might be you might be charged in interest for keeping it within the banks. You know, so be very careful. And on top of that, they're starting to put caps, uh, caps on how much you can withdraw. Uh, they're, they're, they're lowering it more and more. I noticed that in the banks here locally that I, I think, what is it, like 800 bucks? You, at the ATM machines, you can't, you can no longer withdraw. My limit used to be higher than that, but they said because of COVID-19, they've lowered their withdrawal rate to 800 bucks. And if you want more cash than that, you have to go inside to withdraw. That's that's still scary. Just knowing that they forced uh, my withdrawal limit lower. I, I didn't ask for that. I didn't request that. But they said because of COVID-19. So th that's that's a scary thought. Be very careful with your money. Um, Check your banks if you haven't checked the banks, especially if, you, if you're if you planning on withdrawing a higher amount for emergency re purposes. Maybe you just might want to be more comfortable having that at home in your safe if you have a safe or I wouldn't say under your bed or anything. But yeah, if somewhere, somewhere you can put it that's safe and secure. You know, think about that. Think about your future. Or do what I do. Put, put, put it in uh, stable coins and put it on the Celsius network and earn like 10 to 15% on that. We can't go wrong with it. That's that's a really good return, right? Next news written by Nick. Oh, was it was I done with that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Next news written by Nick Delacaba. Ooh, that's a new person. Nick Delacaba. Seed Club seeding the social token movement. Jun Ian Wong is available for purchase. You can buy a share of him via his personal tokens, the Jun, for roughly four cents. In fact, if you owned one thousand Jun in Jun, you could have met up with his with his nibs himself in London. A form, former journalist for Quartz and then for CoinDesk, Wong was one of the crypto's best-known writers, but he left CoinDesk earlier this year after falling down the rabbit hole of tokenizing humans. 
His newest project is a social is a social token incubator called Seed Club, which is having its first hackathon starting today. We want to create a way for local communities or affinity groups of families to have a layer of open value transfer that is not dependent on any particular platform, said Wong. What is Seed Club? Seed Club is the wor words of his co-founder, Jess Sloss, is a social token incubator that focuses that's focused on helping creators launch and grow social tokens. It's overseeing the development of a range of projects, including new sites focused on the social token space. You know, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I like that idea. You know, that just shows like if I had, for example, if I had my own token, you know, the, the blockchain John token, uh, and you guys buy my token, it just shows that I'm, ha I'm, I have value um, financially, not just with myself, but with other people. So that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Next news, written by Alexander Beckrens. Bitcoin is unique among investments assets, says Fidelity. Bitcoin has behaved unlike any other investment asset available in the market over the past five years, acting on average almost entirely independent according to financial services giants Fidelity. Fidelity Digital Assets, the cryptocurrency-focused arm of Fidelity, said today in a report that Bitcoin has almost no relationship to returns produced by other asset classes, including gold and U.S. stocks. Research for Fidelity's report was conducted by in interviewing investors and crypto industry experts from firms like ARK, Investments, uh, Ark Invest, CoinShares, and Fidelity Investments. In it, the firm lays out its case for Bitcoin's role as an alternative investment. Alternative investments are considered distinct from positions in public equities or fixed income instruments like bonds. These type of assets provide unique risk, risk exposures that are expected to see price changes independent from other asset class. Alternative investments have grown from 6% of global investment markets in 2003 to 12% in 2018 and are expected to grow to accounts for up to 25% of global markets by 2025 according to Fidelity. Wow. Interesting. Next news written by Robert Stevens. Feds sent a message to crypto with BitMEX. Arrest says SEC Pierce. Wait, what's it? Hold on. Feds sent a message to crypto with BitMEX. Arrest says SEC Pierce. What? The U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission on October 1st took action against crypto derivatives exchange BitMEX. The U.S. Department of Justice also pressed criminal charges against its owner for allegedly leaving uh, gap in holes in the exchange's anti-money laundering procedures. Hester Pierce, the crypto-friendly commissioner from the U.S. Securities and Exchange, today told Laura Shin of the Unchained podcast that the case is yet another example of the U.S. government sending a clear message regulators and law enforcement are, play are playing much are playing? Why would they say that? Are playing much closer attention to crypto. It should be pain. Uh, but okay. Uh, though the SEC was not involved in the case, the CFTC took the charge since it's the body responsible for watching over derivatives trading. The SEC has rejected several applications for Bitcoin exchanges traded funds on the grounds of the industry is still prone to manipulation. The SEC has also clamped down on crypto companies for allegedly selling unregistered securities the, uh, through so-called initial coin offerings (ICOs), a typical, a type of crowdfunding in which crypto startups sell blockchain-based tokens for capital. When asked about the effect that BitMEX case would have on, on anti-money laundering and any pending future 
Bitcoin ETF applications, Pierce said, I think the message has been coming to the industry fairly loud and clear on the AML KYC front, and I'm sure it will continue. She added, it's it's a difficult area for traditional finance firms as well. Lots of firms run into trouble there as well, but it's definitely sending a message to the crypto world, she said. When there are U.S. users of a product or service, there's going to be enforcement of U.S. law. And that's what we're, that's what we're probably seeing here. All right, next news. Um, I mean, I, I have my personal opinions about that, uh, conspiracy-wise, but uh, we'll leave it at that. Next news, written by Jeff Benson. Um, Ethereum data company, The Graph, is selling its own token. The Graph protocol, which helped people find and store blockchain data today, announced the release of its own ERC-20 token as it prepares to launch the Graph network this year. Via the October 22nd, 24th GRT token sale on the Ethereum blockchain, the Graph will sell up to 400 million GRT of its 10 billion initial token supply at $0.03 a pop. The Graph allows Bitcoin companies to create and use their own APIs or subgraphs. The APIs are a way that applications talk to each other to get data. The crypto price charts you read, those all come from a website sending a query to another for that data. The graph is already used by a variety of Web3 applications including decentralized exchange Uniswap and crypto provider CoinGecko. Alright, next news. Written by Jose Antonio Lanz. Russian blocks P2P crypto exchange local bitcoins. Um, okay. Russia is one of the world's most popular imp- uh, Russia is one of the world's most important Bitcoin markets, but its government seems willing to block blockchain transactions. Uh, Ros- Rosko Man- Roskonanzor, Russia's telecommunications services regulator, has blocked access to local Bitcoin's portal in the country, which is a major source of traffic to the peer-to-peer exchange. When trying to access localbitcoin.net, a mirror of the .com site focused on serving customers in the country, traders finding themselves with a blank page after being censored by by the regulator. To access the portal, Russian users must use a VPN that masks their actual location. So far, Russian traders seem to have remained quite active on local bitcoins and customer ads on the site have not stopped. This could indicate that traders were already prepared for or used to this type of censorship. Yeah, well, it's Russia. I'm sure uh, I would say a lot of uh, Russians use uh, VPNs, which they should have been. Local Bitcoins was previously blocked by Roskomazor four years ago. Moreover, last month Binance announced it was uh, it too was blocked. However, the site is no longer in the government's blacklist database and Russia had telegraphed its intention earlier this summer declaring restrictions on access to local Bitcoin's portal on July 21st, 2020 based on the justification that this site could be dis- disseminating illegal information to the public. That coincides with the overhaul to Russia's cryptocurrency laws. Though it remains legal to own Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies in Russia, they're now illegal to use for payment. Hmm. Okay, so... Uh, I guess you just hold it and, and trade it. I guess it's just for trading purposes. Maybe I guess I'm, I don't know. That's I mean, if you want to pay off your rent or buy food with it, or maybe you want to buy a car so you can get to work, buy some gas, or petrol. You know, um, what what that, that wouldn't be a bad idea. It stimulates the market, right? Keeps people uh, keeps people employed. 
Man, why not? Come on. Come on, Russia. Anyways, Cryptonauts, that is our last news of the day. I greatly appreciate you all being here. I truly, 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 truly do. Um, so with that said, I hope to see you all tomorrow. Uh, I'll catch you all on the next one. Adios.